Let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six, okay? But you got to do the ands. One and two and three and four, that? Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six? Yep. Okay, here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. One and two and three and four and five and... Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider... And your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Welcome to another episode of I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. It's another day that God has made. It's another day that none of us have gone to the bottom of the ocean and exploded in a submersible vehicle. That James Cameron did not sign off on. James Cameron said that he said that the the submersible community, which is a small group of people, knew that that vehicle was not safe and that they sent letters to OceanGate saying, do not take this thing down. And they said, well, aren't you James Cameron, just a guy that directs movies? And he said, yeah, I am James Cameron, the guy that directs movies, but I've also done 33 trips to the fucking Titanic. And he says he calculated that he spent more time on the Titanic than the captain of the Titanic did. Well, don't call it OceanGate. Don't call anything gate. It's already prepared to be a scandal. Like, we didn't call the podcast Clint and Bob Gate. Because we knew that if we did, eventually, game over. Now, have there been moments of the podcast that were Clinton Bob Gate? Yeah. No. But we didn't call it Gate. Our lawyers have told us that we can't actually comment on those. So the answer to that question, officer, is no. The answer is no, there are no illegal drugs in the trunk. Of course not, unless you planted them there. Do you want to pop the trunk? You want to pop that warrant on over. It better be signed by a fucking judge. That's all Dude, I know. I'm, I'm, watching t- I'm watching too many Australian crime dramas. Dude, in Australia, they don't give a fuck about the po-po, dude. In Australia, the police show up and they tell them to go fuck themselves. And then the police are like, good day, mate. Well, everything in Australia will bite you and you'll die immediately. So they're just living under the brutal law of the jungle. Yeah. And that'll, that'll take brutal, it out of you. The br- the brutal law of poisonous poisonous predator law. Dude, the more poisonous predators, the more people don't care about guns. Because they're like, guns, shoot me five times. It's not, you can shoot me five times, mate. And it's still not going to be as poisonous as the billabong spider, eh? <laughs> <laughs> billabong spider. Hey, and I'm going to fess with the millibong spider day. Good day. <laughs> Good day, dude. Once I go, once I go Australian. Sometimes I'll speak a little of the uh, native language, the original peoples. Good on ya. I sent records to Australia today, and they weren't cheap to send. And I it did have the thought, you know, it's a thousand dollars. If you want to send anything to Australia, it's, the minimum is a thousand dollars. If you want to spend send one pack of gum to Australia, I thought it'd be a thousand dollars, mate. Good day on you. Nothing worse than standing in the post office when you've got 50 records to ship because no one likes you in there. No one likes their jobs. No one likes themselves. They don't do anything to make it colorful. There's no television on. I just, I went on a whole rant on this with my other podcast. If they just put a TV in the post office with diners, drive-ins, and dives on. There you go. Crime would reduce 150%. Yeah. There'd be 100% less postal murder suicides and people would just be happier civil unrest in general would would evaporate also put a put a diner in there also serve food in the 
post office. Like if Why you not s- make, yeah, totally. Yeah, just have it be a lunch line while you're waiting to get your mail and then you could just eat and then there'd be a tracking device on your colon and then basically it'd be AI. Of course, this is all AI. This is what AI is going to bring us. Are you telling me you don't already have a tracking device in your colon? Because I've had that for about 15 years. No, I, I have I have one, but it's not hooked up to AI yet. Right. No, I, I dude... <laughs> I mean, that's one of the first things I did when I got to Austin was get that colon AI. Uh, colon keep Austin device. weird. They're keeping Austin weird. Dude, I'm just keeping Austin rags. Anyway, so yeah, so they'll have your, yeah, the AI will lock in on your colon tracking device. And dude, you just eat what you want in line at the post office. You're watching, you're eating, you're having a fucking good time. By the time you get up to the thing hours later to, you know, send your one fucking album to goddamn sydney or perth wherever the fuck you're sending it you don't give a fuck dude you're like i'm getting back in line i'm getting back in line i don't even have anything to ship what are you doing it's friday night i'm going to the post office i thought they closed yeah they used to close at five now they're open all 24 hours because nobody wants to leave you go to the post office they're fucking playing some fucking wesley snipes movies passenger 57 Jesus Christ, dude. People are like, oh, I'm afraid of AI. Don't be afraid of AI. Unless you're afraid to fucking hang out at the post office 24-7. Let's put a diner in there. Let's put some midnight bowling in the post office. Oh, yeah. I mean, are we oh, the yeah. ideas guys of the fucking century? Well, duck pin bowling. not you, Dude, come on. You can't put a real lane in there. But you can put a few duck pin lanes. How about some, how about some billiards tables? Well, for sure, you got to have <laughs> tiny, tiny billiards tables the size of matchbook, uh, the size of like a, a pack of cigarettes. Right, right. That's on every tray. On every tray, you know, as you're going through the line at the post office, you have a little cigarette box. <laughs> this is how long it takes me to construct sentences. Now that I must use brain to construct sentence. Mm, cigarette box mm, must access recent dialogue to find out what was said so humanoids can make sense of it man i bet you were happy as hell to live out in b cave i bet you were real happy you're not living right downtown in austin texas these days dude i was in two airports one was called the austin airport the other one was called the chicago airport okay and guess what hey godzilla Come into the airport and swallow at least four-fifths of all these people. Because there's too many people in both those airports. Then I went to the Cedar Rapids airport. Just the right amount of people. Guess what else is there? Place where they make cereals. Oh. It's where they make Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Dude, you walk through Cedar Rapids and the entire town smells like Cinnamon Crunch, dude. Guess what? Everybody's there. Happy as fuck. Just had another great idea. In addition... To a diner and to midnight bowling and to cigarette pack sized billiards tables. Pump a little bit of cinnamon toast crunch aroma into these fucking places. Is that too much to ask? You ever seen Terry Gilliam's Brazil? Yeah. That's what post offices well, are like. Even if if they didn't do any of the other stuff and they just had incense that made the whole place smell like cinnamon toast crunch. I mean, already you're like, this isn't so bad. Big improvement. How long are you in the post office for? the usual four and a half hours mm-hmm. how was it it was terrible but it, something about it didn't seem so bad i walked out a little hungry i only pooped in my pants twice right i only had to defecate dose 
those times, dude, this guy was texting me the other day and he used dose and he goes, yeah, I might need something or dose from the council. And then I was like, what's DOS stand for? Doctor on what? I was just like racking my brain. Finally, I was just like, dude, what's DOS mean? And he's like, it means two. I'm like, okay, well, here's the deal, dude. Don't use it in a sentence where it doesn't really make that much sense. Even if you use the word two, it wouldn't make that much sense. And don't just throw it in. Yeah, what game is he playing? I was not. What game is he playing? The the game of, I got to block your numbers soon. Well, I wrote with a guy in person, did an in-person write, first time meeting him. It went fine. Yeah. And then, of course, because I'm a bad bitch, I was like, I'll make the demo. You know, I mean, we got the vocal, but I was like, I'll produce the demo out. I was like, but it may be a few days. I'm pretty busy traveling a lot. Yeah. He gave me a little bit of time, but then then the text message. Hey, man, how's that demo coming along? I'm like, hmm, I'm not liking this part. Yeah. I said, well, it'll be a few days. It's going fine. Was it a text message or was it a a text? text. It's a text. So then I, so then I cracked the demo open and I put a bunch of candy on it and I send it off. Yeah. And I say, hey, it's in your inbox. And he says, what do you think about it? Oh, no. I said, huh? He said, what do you think about the song? And I was like, oh, oh it's no. good. You know, I love it. Anyway, the de- check the demo out. And he gets it and he loves it. And then I'm like, okay, cool. Landed the plane. Then I'm, f- I'm far away traveling. I get a text and it's just a, a voice memo of a song. And I said, what's this? And he said, it's a song I wrote last night. But I think the chords could be a little different. Oh, no. Block. Yeah. Here's another one I got. This is a number that I don't know. <laughs> hey, Clint, been a minute. Wanted to check in and see how you've been. If there's anything I can be helping you with, give me a shout. You out touring this summer? And you don't have the number in your phone. A block. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if somebody out of the blue texts me and I don't have their number in my phone. What do you do? Not, what do you do these they days? Don't, they don't start the text with an a real like wikipedia style description of how i fucking know them no yeah i feel, do feel like if it's been a while you say hey it's bob from whatever from austin we met at the thing hey, it's bob yeah you, you you describe where you met how you know them who you are who they are how you yeah the dates just some information don't just like hey what's up here's a pretty good pre-step before that one step though don't send the text. Yeah, that's true. That's what's the text going to do. What's the text going to do? What's <laughs> what, what good can come of it? I mean, yeah, there's a reason. Yeah, there's a reason for everything. I do feel bad, though, because I feel like I'm in a season of life where I'm just growing out of being social, but I'm realizing that I have a lot of people who like me and want to connect with me. Right. And it might that might not be the case, um, you know in a minute and i wonder if i'll look back at this time and be like man you should have just texted your friends more like i don't know i wonder if i'm gonna regret it 
Because all I really want to do is stay in my house with all the lights out. Well, all I really want to do is have some fun. Uh, I got a feeling I'm not the only one. No, it's probably at least 10 of you. Well, here's what I've got. I've got a phone, and I don't know why, but I've got a thousand contacts in my phone. I call four people, but I have a thousand numbers in my phone. Now, a good 500 numbers, I don't know who any of those people are. There's 500 names in my phone. I don't know who they are. Now, some of them are ladies from a few years ago, but a lot of dudes don't have any idea who they are. Hmm. Now, who I haven't talked to in years and years. There's no, and if I like send a message, you're like, oh, maybe it'll be on my messages. No. I don't know. What do you do with that? What I'm saying is there's never going to be a time in your life where there won't be a few people that you can talk to. And really, all you need is a few. You don't need more than that. It's, that's true. Well, what you, I feel like what you do as you get older is you find the people that you really are going to spend that time with. And you invest more in that instead of, I mean, you're in your 20s. You're like, I mean, especially you in your 20s because you had to make a new friend every two days just to get a fucking ride to the bars. Yeah. And then you, <laughs> they were dropping like flies when you would wake up in the morning, and you probably wouldn't even know why. Anybody I knew the night, it was like a, a tabula rasa every day for me. Like, whoever <laughs> yeah. I knew the day before, they were out. Those are the Rosetta Stone days. I had to assume they were just gone. They were, like That relationship was off the table. Every single person that I knew every day. So I'm walk, I'm I'm walking out like the Terminator, like that first scene of the Terminator where he shows up from the future, doesn't know anybody, and is like naked and oh, yeah. stealing people's clothes. That's yep. me every day from like I want to say eighty three to ninety five. Right. I was like, oh, if I saw somebody that I knew already, I'd be like, well, I probably that person's not going to be happy to see me. And nine times out of ten, they weren't. Would you ever try to gauge it by being like, hey, what's up? Or would you just assume no. the worst and walk to the different side of the grocery store? Dude, how many times do you got to get bit by the spider before you stop putting your hand in, under the table? The billabong spider? How many times do you got to <laughs> stop putting your hand under the de- <laughs> table? Oof, I don't know what <laughs> that was. Bit by the billabong spider, eh? There it is. <laughs> it took me a second to get into took me and a then second you lost to it get again. <laughs> Took me a second to get there, but now that I'm there, I'm not going to leave. I lost it and found it, mate. Look, you lose a finger too from the toxins of the billabong spider, but then after that, you're like, well, fuck it. I'm not putting my hand underneath that table again. So yeah, with people, I learned pretty quickly. Don't don't interact with people that you know from 83 to 95. I wonder what all those people are doing. They're either dead or they're crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's it's simple. <laughs> the few that I, the few that I, the few that I talk to, I'm like, oh, you're still alive. Oh, you're nuts. Okay. Speaking of that, what's Adam Temple up to? He's still alive. It's amazing to me. He's living with some lady. He's found some lady to. Uh, I mean, he can be pleasant. He can be a pleasant person to be around, but. He's found somebody who hates themselves enough to put up with this <laughs> shit. And uh, he's still still around. We're actually doing a we're actually doing a a, sh- 
it's not we're not doing a show or anything but the all the scabs guys are getting together for ilsa's birthday party which is in a few weeks at antone's and uh we're probably going to do some scab songs and we haven't been together on stage as a group in probably at least i'm going to say 13 14 15 years really yeah, I feel like you guys were doing like the occasional once a year thing. We we did occasionally gigs from 2000 to about 2010, and then we've never done a gig since. Because the last gig we did was so horrible. Charles, who died soon after, was so fucked up he couldn't stand on stage. He kept falling over, so they got a chair, and he sat down. Uh, Adam was fucked up. The horns were on stage half the time. The other half the time, I don't know what the fuck they were doing. They were wandering off. But the thing that was the worst was the crowd. The crowd was so gross. Not everybody. I'm sure there were a few people there that might even be listening. They were like, was I gross? No. If you're listening to the podcast and you were at that show, the last Gab show, you weren't the gross person. But there was a guy... In the front row that had a shillelagh. Do you know what a shillelagh is? <laughs> What's a shillelagh? Shillelagh is like a big, giant, like, wizard stick <laughs> that Gandalf would carry <laughs> would, in the in the Lord of the Rings. I would have referred to that as a staff, but I, I like shillelagh a lot. So, Sounds like an Alabama girl I dated in fucking middle school. So staff, shillelagh, whatever you want to call it. He's holding that. He looks like he's been hit by the ugly stick. Right, the shillelagh looks like a like a half meth, half hillbilly. Okay, and then he's hanging out with which is obviously like a trucker prostitute, like a truck stop prostitute. A lot lizard, a lot lizard. This lady who's just gross, and that was the front row, and there weren't a ton of people there. But I was just like, what am I? What? fucking reality is this where i'm here the only reason i was there is to kind of help adam out and i was like at a certain point you got to let your kids fend for themselves i was like i've been doing this for since 95 and it's now 2010 so 15 years i've done my duty as a parent to adam and you did you write all those songs were those all written by you i wrote some of them some of them were written as a group those were kind of in the days where we'd jam a little bit and then come up with a song and then I'd kind of finish it up. And I mean, I did the heavy lifting, but songs like Tarantula I wrote, but like Bomanonza. That was a scab song? Bomanonza was a scab song. And the way that got written was wow. we, were, we were practicing. And then when practice was over, I went over and sat on the drums and started playing. And Boyle was on the keyboards and maybe Bruce was on bass. And then I just started singing Bon Bonanza. Da, 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 da. She did the Bon Bonanza. Da, da. I just started singing that for no reason. Like I was just goofing around. I was like, this is a song. And they're like, I get, you know, they were like, what? That's not a song. I was like, trust me, it's a song. So then I went from that to like went home, wrote a bunch of lyrics. And then the next practice, we worked it up. And it's a song. What other songs do you do in your normal set that are scab songs? I didn't know that about Bombonanza. Just two songs, just Tarantula and Bombonanza. Okay, so the, the kind of Spanish flair songs that are great with horns. What about like Slower Deer? I wrote that because this guy gave me um, some steel drums. I was in Annapolis, Maryland, of all places, and and 
this guy came up to me and he goes, hey, there's a guy that lives here that makes steel drums. You want some steel drums? And I said, yes, and then forgot about it. And I showed up six months later from the next next time I played in Annapolis. And this guy brings me these steel drums, these pans, steel pans. The ones that Jay Thomas would occasionally play on tour? Yeah. So he just gave me those. So I got them home. And as soon as I got them home, I just started playing them. And I came up with that riff for Slower Deer, recorded that, and then just recorded and then wrote the song to that riff ding 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 and then never wrote another song with steel drums <laughs> i feel like there was another one jay would play on the steel drums well and then carried those steel drums around on stage for for, for years. years and years and jay jay would have to set those bitches up every show yeah <laughs> and then some and lots of times at least 50% if not 75% of the time we never played the song <laughs> And so they'd get set up, they'd look cool, and then get taken down. And nobody ever said a word to me, but you could tell that nobody was happy about that. I remember one time we were playing San Luis Obispo at that venue called Slow Brew that was next to the Wall of Gum. I don't know if you even remember that. Oh, I remember the Wall of Gum. Once you've been in the Wall of in that tunnel of gum, exactly, you can't forget that. Should we tell people what the tunnel of gum is? Let's explain the tunnel of gum. It is a tunnel. So th- there's an alley that's right next to this theater. I don't know what the theater is called. I don't. It, it was called Santa. Slow Slow Brew. Slow Brew. And at some point, people had started sticking their gum to the wall, like decades ago. Decades ago, and now the entire both walls of the alley. I think it's both walls. Or, it's both walls. It's right? both. Yeah. Both walls are completely, not just completely covered in gum, layers of gum. Decades. Layers of gum. So it's, yeah, it's like being in this weird, disgusting time machine. It's one of the grossest, weirdest things I've ever seen in my life. Just like millions and millions of chewed up wads of gum. Yeah, it's so weird. But the things I remember, I remember that show because there's a weird column in the middle of the stage almost that's kind of little to the right where my guitar stuff is. And Jay had set up your whole world, like, you know, an electric guitar, pedal board, keyboard stand. But he had moved a little bit to accommodate for that column. And it, the way it turned out is it put me right in front of this whole column. Right. And I was like, I was like, look, I get it. Like, it's not my name on the marquee, but I can't really play in front of a fucking column for two hours. You know, I'm the fucking lead guitar player. Come on. Yeah. And I remember Jay was like, he had 0.0% sympathy for my column issue. Yeah. He was like, look, my job is to set up Bob, get Bob taken care of. I don't care if a fuck what you do. I was like, okay, Jay Bear. Jay Thomas has 99 problems. But you being in front of a column is definitely not one of them. <laughs> no, it wasn't, dude. There's also someone that I'm, you know, what's funny is my years touring with you, like I have these runners that we would meet. A runner is someone who works with the venue, oh, yeah. a promoter who could run the band like to a hotel for a shower or run the band to like Guitar Center for Strings. I have occasional runners who just still kept up with me from that time. And one is a guy from San Luis Obispo. He's like, man, we had the best conversation. I remember when I took you guys to the hotel. It was hilarious. I'm like, dude, I do not remember that. Sorry, baby. Well, there's there's definitely runners listening to IOK. You're okay. 100%. 100%. So shout out to all the runners. Thanks for all your help over the years. You guys rock. What are the chances Jay Thomas listens to the podcast? Zero. <laughs> 0.00. 0. 0. 
The chance that Jay Thomas is listening to this podcast, 0.00. If it's not Chai. I was going to mention Chai. If it's not Chai, if we're we're putting clips of this show on Chai, he's listening to the show. But if there are no clips of this show on Chai, he's never heard it. Is Chai still a thing? Man, he loved jive. It is because I I asked him re- I asked him recently. I'm like, what are you what are you looking at? And he's like, oh, I only do two things: jive and some other. <laughs> I used to say in the oh uh, TMZ, he does jive and TMZ. That's it. Nothing else. I used to say in the back of the b- van or if we were on the bus, I'd say you jiving up there, Jay? Jay, you jiving up there? Dude, him and Ted would get in the van and just not speak, and I. Would- I would just love it mostly, but I would occasionally just get kind of tickled by it. And I'd start talking to those guys like, you guys ever talk to each other? You know, just trying to get in there with those guys. And it was like, man, you're breaking like a code of silence up there. No talkie. Well, dude, I've spent, because me and me and Jay go out solo. Not not all the time anymore because he's mostly working with Paul Cawthon. But we used to, all of my solo shows, he would always be with me on the road and we would fly into a place and then drive from city to city. So we'd be in the car for five, six hours a day. And if you don't talk to Jay, he's not saying a word. So we could go four hours. If I don't start the conversation, he will never say anything, which is truly, truly of all the things you could be in this world that are great that is maybe the very best trait you could have in the world, which is to not speak unless you're spoken to. Like if you are that person, trust me when I say this, you are beloved by all. Beloved by all. But if you speak to Jay, he's he's wonderful to have a conversation with and he'll tell you whatever he wants. You know, he'll be funny and informative and interesting, never boring. He's incredible. But unless you break open the seal on that conversational, uh, on that conversation, he ain't doing it. It's amazing. Well, <clears throat> just like we've broken the seal today on another episode of IOK, thank you everyone for listening. We are going to skedaddle now into the Secret Weekly where I need to get Bob's advice on something that has happened on this very episode. Something that has transpired on this very episode is something I need to talk about in the Secret Weekly. The way that you get in there is you support us on Patreon. It's patreon.com. Slash letters I okay. We're going to go there now. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Before we go there, I want to say this to anybody who's not listening to the Secret Weekly. I listened to last week's Secret Weekly. It's the most I've laughed listening to our podcast maybe ever. And I, I, can't, I can't even remember what it was about. What was it about? Um, we were talking about jawbreakers and then the billiards table. Uh, <laughs> it was about... I was going to tell you what this guy looked like, and it wasn't a guy. It was a chick. All right. I remember now. (laughs) Jesus Christ, dude. All right. Yeah. Trust me when I say this. Look, what are you doing if you're not a Patreon supporter and you're listening to... If you've gotten this far in the podcast, if you're hearing this and you're not a Patreon member, get signed up right now, and you're missing out. It's like getting a it's like getting a cream filled donut and you're not getting the cream. Get that cream. Yo bro, get that cream. <laughs>